say these words Excellent. and this week we're going to be uh, talking to the most up-to-date women that we've spoken about so far on they, this podcast. They're so up-to-date that they're in the room. In the room with us. In the room with us. Wow. Excellent. So very special. Well, are you? What is time? What is space? What is reality? What is contemporary? <laughs> what is exactly. What is it? Um, and really actually tried to say that word. Okay. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's really hard. We all struggle. Okay. Um, yes, so we have our very up-to-date guests. It's a comedy trio, the Travelling Sisters. Yay. Hello. Um, welcome to the show. Thanks Thank for joining you. us. Thanks for having us. And special guest. Yeah, this is, this is our first interview with actual real-life deviant women. <laughs> Just by How's it feel? Well, I, I was going to ask you guys how it feels because, I mean, it, it feels a bit strange for us because we can apply the term to deviant women and know how we understand that term. Yeah, but you might like, be offended by us yeah. calling you deviant women. How I do you feel personally am like so happy to be called <laughs> deviant women. So I'm like, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I think am I deviant should, enough? We should, we should, all, we should do a quick little... Um, uh, so yeah, yeah, we should let you introduce yourselves before we dive into deviance. So those listening at home can try and learn to distinguish whose voice is whose. Good luck with that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Laura Trenary. I'm Elle Sachs. And I'm Lucy Fox. And together we are the Travelling Sisters. Great. I was waiting for someone to say that. Our powers combined. That's excellent. So because you are a travelling comedy trio of women and because we are talking about deviousness, um, I think a really good place to start would be to talk about how women are seen in comedy. Mm -hmm. Are funny women still seen as a bit of an anomaly, as a bit of a deviant sort of thing to be do you feel I think it definitely depends who you're talking to yeah, like we really experienced in a very strange way the first kind of big wave of like oh weird women in comedy are you really funny when we went to Edinburgh just last year and mm. our show was on at 10 45 p.m so we had like a bit of a drunker crowd mm-hmm. And yeah, we just found that we would fly people and they'd kind of be like, no thanks, don't really? see. I don't really find uh, women funny. It was really weird. Was it a bit of a bro club? Yeah. Uh, um, like I that time slot in terms of it, like the time. It know, wasn't yeah. just men. It right. wasn't just yeah. men. Wow. I think, I mean, it didn't happen all the time. And I think Edinburgh is one of those places where like the audience is so diverse and there's so many different people. So it's one of those things where most people are really like accepting and loving and you know know yeah. that women are funny but yeah. kind of thing. But, but I'm saying that it definitely happened every day wow. really so well we fly a lot of people yeah. <laughs> but every single day yeah definitely Indeed. so that did they nice. actually come out and say I don't find women funny yes, yes. it was really? crazy like it was like it there was this moment where I was kind of like am I a human standing yeah. in front of this 
human? Are they? But I think it's a weird thing when you are selling your show yeah. to someone, like trying to get them along, and they're so used to loads of people selling yeah. their show to them. They kind of dehumanize you yeah, in a definitely. really weird way. And I think it makes it easier for them to say things like, no, I don't find women funny. Mm. Yeah. And yeah. Like, because you're not you're not a person, you're just yeah. another object for my comedy viewing pleasure. Yeah. 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 That's and you're another, another name on that list. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. even um, if your face is on the flyer and you're talking to them, you're still not necessarily like the person who's yeah. put their heart and soul into this show, you're just someone trying to sell yeah. them something as well. And we also had, uh, for me, this was like the most ongoing thing as we were traveling in the Balkans last year. So like around Europe and it was, it was such a sausage fest in all the hostels. It was weird. Oh, really? Like it was, was weird. It was just like, it's October, all the single men traveling alone. Like we had an amazing time, but we really noticed there were heaps of men in the hostels. And so, you know, every single night you're like talking to a new group of people. Like from everywhere, like New Zealand, Australia, America, like Europe, anywhere. But to be honest, I would say more the like Australian, New Zealand, mm. American guys. You know, you're like, what do you do? I'm in comedy. And they're like, Oh, what do you mean? Like, I'm in a comedy trio, like, yep. And they're like, oh, what, where do you perform? And you're like, mm, it's like festivals and <laughs> theatres and stuff. And, and there was just this kind of constant, like, disbelief. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, oh, God, we just started to really fuck with people. Hey, like, <laughs> we were just like, by the end of our trip, like, if a guy would be like, you do comedy, we'd just be like, okay, I'm just going to go and talk to someone else. So it's this weird, like, that comedians and women being comedians don't exist in That's real life they just exist on, I don't know or we just swear. tell them we did something else yeah, yeah. easier entirely yeah and we have fun just with that lie well. yeah. do you think it comes from part of the being a trio thing because I guess there's like yeah. a lot of um, prominent female comedians who I guess work independently yeah. but is it part of being a comedy troupe you know yeah. that the people are unaccustomed to women being in a troupe I think definitely yeah. and I think especially in the context of you know these little hostels in like Albania and yeah, Montenegro yeah. and like it is I, I get it's unexpected it's a difficult um, concept <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think it was just kind of this constant like conversation of like you, really, the three of you, yeah. together, surely you can't be good. Did anyone ever ask to, like, hear? Did It's like, oh, if they're coming, why don't you make a funny little joke now? Yeah. I'm like, no, yeah. fuck off, I'm having a bevy, and I would not like to make a joke right now. We, we don't even make jokes, we dress yeah. up as potatoes and dance yeah. around. Yeah. So. <laughs> you do so well. <laughs> Thank, yeah. you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. themselves up on why that was yes but it was usually quite offensive really yeah <sighs> so <laughs> that there was a girl who so I flyed these two girls and I said I said oh here you go um, you know do you want to see some character comedy three women or whatever and she was like oh vaginas no thanks well oh, oh, oh so that's that assumption that all female comedians only ever talk about vaginas or no, she meant like oh, like I they don't. have vaginas. Oh, these women okay. have, have vaginas because you have yes. yeah, so they cannot be so funny. Thanks. And I said to her, 
what, what do you mean? And she goes, oh, well, I just don't find women funny. And she's sitting there with her friend and I looked at her friend and I said, I am so sorry that your friend doesn't find you funny. <laughs> and she goes, oh, I, I didn't mean it like that. And I was like, well, that's she, well, well she... You know, that's kind of what she's saying exactly and then she starts backpedaling she's like no 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 women on stage women on stage and I took the flyer off her and I gave it to her friend I said don't come maybe you might be interested yeah. maybe you're the funny one yeah and, then, and I was like I'm really really sorry that you don't find any of your female friends funny have a nice life and I left <laughs> and I just thought oh god I hope she thinks about that because it's yeah. the most ridiculous thing yeah it's just it stupid it it's is. stupid and I've heard reasons for like sorry when I don't know I've had conversations like with men about this um, <laughs> with real life men with real life men because they think that I'm funny and they're like it's really interesting that you're funny because you're attractive it's like oh this God. thing yes, where, I've oh, but this. you're attractive and that means you don't have to be funny in order to attract a mate. So why would you develop a the skill? Why would you yeah. de bother developing a sense of humour? Because I don't need that because I yeah. already find you attractive. I am yeah. a multifaceted like, human <laughs> being. I'm a fucking beast. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Is that something? And because I am not just for your gaze. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the way that I treat life and the way that I experience life through being funny makes life better for me. Yeah. Strange as it may seem <laughs> that it's not all for you and for men. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God. Surprisingly, I find myself yeah. quite funny. So <laughs> that makes my life a pleasure. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, exactly. And then on that as well, because the other thing that we did get quite often, especially with like groups of men and stuff. And Edinburgh is like full of people coming in for the weekend to party. So you do run into like Bucks nights and stuff, which is usually fine. But, and this happened actually in Perth quite a lot as well. Cause in our flyer, like we're not just as potatoes or anything. It's like the three of us mm -hmm. and we're like, boom, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah it's a very yeah, burlesque yeah, yeah, so it, and, yeah. and when we took the photo, we were like, oh, you know, it is that risk that people are gonna think. But we do sing and it is very cabaret. So we were mm. like, fuck it, whatever. We wanna have a hot photo, so we will. <laughs> but like comments about like, oh, you take your clothes off and mm -hmm. you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff when you're flyering as well and you just, and the thing is, we do take our clothes off. <laughs> How do you answer that question? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I suppose with that idea of character comedy, and because that's kind of like your, your comedy is physical comedy, it's musical comedy as well, and it, um, it is a lot of sketch comedy mm. too. Mm. And coming back to that idea, I think Lauren and I have t spoken about before that kind of automatic assumption that female comedians do talk a lot about their vaginas and their periods and stuff because that stuff's funny that's fine mm -hmm. and i'm all on board yeah, with that i do enjoy it very much so but, but it's also, also different to see women doing sketch comedy absurdist comedy comedy that's not yeah. based on having to talk about the gender that you are yeah and i think part of the reason that i was so enthralled by you guys is because it was the character-based absurd sketch comedy which is something that i was looking for so much when I was younger. So like, mm. just a little anecdote, when I was in high school, my best friend and I, we, we wanted to be the female Monty Python. Okay, so we would write sketches in our free time and like we had all these grand plans of filming them and we were gonna do all this stuff. But I found, particularly on reflection, I felt quite limited in terms of the types of characters that I could create. Because mm -hmm. it felt like all of the good characters 
were for men. And of course that's ridiculous. It's just because I hadn't seen it. And because you watched a lot of Monty Python. Although there's great female characters There are, there are, yeah. But it is also mostly a bunch of dudes. And while they do dress up like women quite often, you know, it's... It's very much them. Yeah, dressing up like women is very much them dressing up as women. Yeah, it's different from like a woman creating a character, whether that be a male or a female character or whatever. But like having that example as like, oh, women can do sketch comedy and women can create absurd, Mm. surreal kinds of um, sketches. So, Mm. I mean, did you guys have any influences or anything like that in terms of your own creations? Whether they be male or female, like... Gosh, that's such an interesting question. I think that we had a lot of freedom in that we didn't start off being sort of we are females in comedy. We never thought of ourselves like that. not at all. We're three people who did an acting degree. Yeah, so mm. theatre background. So theatre background, we kind of slipped into comedy. And because we had a theatre background and we did a lot of Shakespeare as well, we could do anything that we wanted and we mm. felt like we could mm. do anything that we wanted. And so we created what we wanted. And it wasn't until our first show that an old lecturer um, came to see it and said, oh, that was an amazing piece of feminist theatre and we were like what do you mean it was feminist theatre and he was like well it was from your point of view so naturally it is feminist because it is through your gaze it is through your lens and that is what you're giving to the world and that kind of changed our perspective entirely and that you know it doesn't have to be stories about women it doesn't have to be characters that are women or you know because underneath all of the layers it's the voice of women it's from our perspective yeah and aside from everything else in history that has been kind of pushed down Mm. our voice you know Mm. what i mean Mm -hmm. so i can't even remember what the question (laughs) influences yeah i think yeah yeah, i think we've been influenced by a lot of different things like but but like you said, like people are always asking us what we're like and who we're like, and that's really hard because there's there are no female groups that we mm. like none that we can think of. Yeah, and you so you'll be like a little bit mighty boosh, a little bit yeah. oh, like Jennifer Saunders and Dawn mm-hmm. French, but like not really, yeah, but yeah, like yeah. a little bit. But but and all of these things as well, they're all. 10 years old or more like so they're really in terms of influences I don't feel like it's the kind of like we're not influenced on this like contemporary Mm, basis but I think for us a lot of our like gender bending and a lot of our stuff comes from our love of costume (laughs) like a massive thing and we all studied at Gollier which is like this theatre school um in France and a clowning class yeah so it's like clown and theatre so you do heaps of different things and you do characters and you do Shakespeare um and every course you're in costume and in the characters course he's like come to school tomorrow in disguise like we don't want to recognize you um and I think yeah and I think like for me that was a massive thing like and I created this character and every day at school I'd look in the mirror and I'd be like oh my gosh like no one could recognize me um and I think and I think that's something that we really started to play with when we started creating characters together because it's not like we ever sat down and we're like let's be a sketch character group but yeah, just yeah. kind of like our love of making music and storytelling and and comedy all kind of 
like meshed into mm. whatever the show is now but yeah I think like costumes and wigs for us have been a massive thing it's such a massive freedom mm. because you can be anything you yeah. can be a potato you can be a man you can be an old woman and the audience just goes they will goes with yeah. it. if you commit <laughs> if you're having fun and you commit you could be a fucking dirty toad from down the road. <laughs> dirty like, toad from down the road, that's brilliant. Now that's an idea. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'd like to um, ask a little bit more about it's Philippe Gollier. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm saying that right because I'm not yeah. good at French words. Um, um, so, <laughs> so you guys met. I think um, it's- because you guys met at university in Queensland yes at the University of Southern Queensland yeah, yes. and so was it a joint decision between the three of you that you wanted to go and study together no not no at did all. you all end up there by a complete accident kind of I got a scholarship after uni to go there which was amazing and then and then Elle went the year after me, and then Lucy went like oh, the year so after, you the year after that. No, 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 we were separately. We all went separately, and then after that, then we all moved to London together. But so I went to Golly in like 2012. Um, so it was like quite a while ago. Oh, it's kind of really lucky that we all went because apart yeah. from being trained in the same place doing acting together, we also then obviously went on to do extra training. But we've, I guess, when we work now, we've from. You know, we have a shared language. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. We have a shared understanding of how how to play and yeah, yep. that kind of thing, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and also the community from that school extending to all the fringe festivals. Mm. And when we were living in London and over here, like so many close friends of ours we met at that school and are performing in the Adelaide Fringe Melbourne Comedy Festival everywhere. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Mm. So was it when you were living in London together that you started to to actually want to write as a trio? So we started before we moved over. The Travelling Sisters started with Lucy and I. We did a show together and that was when Laura was studying at Gollier and we made a show together that's very different from the show that we have now. And then I went over to Gollier and Lucy and Laura um, did a show together. And then when I came, Lucy came over and then we all came back. Yeah. And then we wrote a show together and went to Woodford Folk Festival in mm. Queensland and Sydney, a couple of other places in Australia. And that was our first like thing together as a trio. And then we moved overseas. And you've had quite a lot of success. Yeah, yeah. You guys are going really, really well. <laughs> because it's still like relatively, like relatively <laughs> new as the travelling Yeah, sisters, like right? two, you're about two yeah. years old. Yeah. 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 So yeah. the amount of stuff that you've done in just that short amount of time yeah. is pretty impressive, I would think. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're pretty hard on ourselves. <laughs> yeah, we are. We're thinking we should be a lot further down the track and then we go, okay, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's yeah. Take, it's going to take some time. Because let's remember this is the art. Yes, exactly. <laughs> doing like living in London and doing Edinburgh and stuff was like just a whole new world, and that op- opened up a lot of opportunity, like mm. other performance opportunities and stuff. There's just so many festivals over there. It's just like, and you won awards at Edinburgh Festival as well. Well, the no, Guardian pick of the fringe, pick the fringe. Um, so really it's not really, it's not really a award, really but it was but recommended. Yeah, yeah, obviously it's a good thing for you to the public. If other people tell other people as an award, then that's you know fine with us. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not. I'm just gonna say that. That's how I'm gonna sell it to everyone. Yeah. 
be oh, please like, do, yeah. And maybe <laughs> it'll become true one day. <laughs> so, like, so that is only a couple of years. So has the show evolved very much or are you still kind so of doing the much. same? So much. Yeah. The show changes um, all the time. Well, we apparently saw different versions yeah. of the show. We were, like, comparing notes. And I was like, oh, I really loved – they did this bit with these – it was just this really little background bit but with these lobster claws. And, and I, was I was like, like I, I had loved it. And she's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. lobster claws. Yeah. Yeah. the lobster claws. So we realised that we'd seen a slightly different show, which is yeah. excellent because that keeps it fresh. I mean, we that have to a really cliche thing. But yeah, it's that thing of having to find the pleasure to do the same show all the time because we've been doing this show a version of this show since Prague which was last June so mm. it's like changed a lot since then but yeah every now and then it's like hey today let's just like let's do that bit or let's try this in a totally different way mm. um, if we're yeah. feeling meh about something then we have a little mini note session and go mm. like right should we like scrap it or should we work on it what should we do so mm. do you read the audience's reactions to certain sketches and things like sometimes, that sometimes mm. but sometimes you just have to move on <laughs> yeah. 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 it's so tricky and our audience is different like is it a different audience every single night every, night every single audience like no matter what even in one festival yeah the audiences are different every night because everyone has come in from a different day yeah and you've come in from a different yeah, day yeah. a different time in the yeah. festival a different yeah so and audiences are like this one organism <laughs> pump together and it just you just don't know why one show you might yeah. have 10 people there and they're loving it and you're like woohoo and then the next show you might have like 60 people there and they're just silent. Yeah. And you're like, what is that? And <laughs> and because your show, is, your show is very interactive as well. Yeah. Not to give anything away to everybody out there in podcast listening <laughs> land. That's too... What? And no one ever saw us again. <laughs> I've ruined it. It's over. But I suppose that's always such a risk, isn't it? Every night <laughs> yes, to be like, hey, here we are, we're interactive. Oh, yeah. And how are you guys in the audience yeah. feeling about it's that? It's mostly a risk when you think that maybe you might get one person to your show. Yeah. Oh. And in our first ever Edinburgh, we haven't really like told anyone this before, but we were so scared that no one would come. Because Edinburgh, they're like, you do the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, the average number of audience is six. Right. Is that just because there's so many shows at the... Yeah. Yeah. So our first Edinburgh show, we were like, let's have no audience interaction so that even if there's two people there, we can still do the show. And every day we had people and it was fine. And then after that, we were like, okay, it's it's just a risk that, mm. you know, that you have we're to take. But that was like a massive worry of ours for the first Edinburgh. Do you have a favourite? <laughs> well, that's probably a really weird no, question. No, we do no. have a favourite audience, actually, do I we? think. Well, I've got one. We did <laughs> a show in Dolby. Oh my god. We did a show in Dolby in Queensland, this little country town. I yeah, because I was thinking the it. surround sound system, Dolby. But, uh, <laughs> oh, so Laura's got family that uh, live there. Like my grandparents. And um, oh, auntie and stuff. And so we did this show up in the top of a, a pub and it filled out, what was it, maybe 40 people? Something 50 like 50. People, 50. 50 people there. Because it was a small country, everyone knew each other. Mm. And everyone was there. The whole bloody town was there. It was great. And so we had this section which was like a dating show. And we get three men up from the audience. So we picked them from these three different kind of groups. So you had um, the old, was he principal of the school? Yeah. Was about, I don't know, 75 years old. Was an old man. Then the local <laughs> jeweller. 
and some other young teacher or something. And because it was like this dating show where we asked them questions, they kind of, all audience members seemed to do this, would try and um, one-up each mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. But they were doing it on this really kind of extreme <laughs> level. It was and out of control. It was out of control. <laughs> and everyone was so shocked by what they said because they knew them so well. Yeah, everyone yeah. in the audience was either like 45 or 80. <laughs> and so <laughs> everyone, everyone was just, pissed. Yeah. Everyone was pissed. They had bottles of champagne. Like it wasn't just, oh, have a nice drink and sit down and watch a show. They like, were jugged. <laughs> it was raucous and they were just so funny, the things they were coming out with because they were trying to outdo each other and <laughs> everyone was just looking on going, I can't believe the local jeweler just said that. <laughs> <laughs> a local jeweler. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Jeweler. yeah. A local yeah. one. <laughs> and they were very specific. And there was a group of hairdressers sitting in the front getting absolutely wasted. It was so much fun, that, that cool. show. I think that really made us want to do more, like, regional and rural mm. touring, like, perform to communities. Yeah. I was just thinking, because yeah. you guys, you are the travelling sisters, mm. and so that is a part of what you actually do, right? It's not like, it's not just a name. You actually travel around. It was do. just a name, and then <laughs> it became a thing. We like, like, better go like, somewhere. We grew into our name. Which has been wonderful. You're travelling. Is it all to, like, do, tour the show? Or, like, when you were in, you know, Europe, was that performing as well as travelling? Or was that just, hey, let's just go Let's just be friends and travel. Yeah, we did that too. Yeah, we it did both. Mix. It was a mix. Yeah. When we were first over there, like, when we first went over to the UK, we were just travelling and doing the show. And then we did Edinburgh and then, yeah, we were like in different places and then we were travelling and doing the show throughout the year while living in London. And then we did Edinburgh again and then we were like, we're in Europe and we're about (laughs) to go home. We have to travel. This is ridiculous. And we also, like, we worked so freaking hard. We were just like, let's take some time and not be... Be us, the traveling sisters, but not be like the traveling sisters mega troop <laughs> taking over the world. We were like, let's chill for a bit, and yeah, so we went to Eastern Europe. Because yeah. I pictured like you've got a song at the beginning of the show that yeah. like is about the traveling sisters traveling around the world, and I was just like envisioning you guys in like a big combi van, just kind of happily chugging across the Eastern European countryside. Is that actually what you did, or were you were like, like, like hitchhiking? Yeah, yeah. we didn't we didn't yeah. perform in the Balkans. And I think if we, yeah, you should maybe you should go back. <laughs> maybe maybe, maybe change the sausage face. <laughs> oh, I feel like I need to like explain your facial expression because <laughs> your eyes were like. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, but yeah, in the Balkans we did like a lot of hitchhiking and busing and just yeah. But we didn't do our show. Yeah, just we just had like fun times. Yeah, which was pretty cool. And then on the way home we performed at this massive festival in Hong Kong which was pretty crazy. <laughs> it was like going from hitchhiking around as these little like nobodies to this like rats. weird rock star <laughs> festival oh, that wow. we were like, but we're like so not rock stars. So it was really? like up in the Marriott and like Whoa. gave us, you know, a lot of free food and yeah. booze. If you've just come from hostels in the Balkans, yeah. then to like hotel and 300 yeah. seat venue, with all these like lights and Wow. Oh my god. And everything, everything went wrong. <laughs> oh, everything. Oh, did it? Yeah, of course it did. <laughs> it was fun. Does that sort of stuff feed into the comedy that you then write, though? I think so. In the way that that's kind of the life that you're living, your life <laughs> kind of starts to become this weird comedy. 
do you yeah, know what it's I like mean? A like, classical, yeah. You know. And at the time, you're like, shoot me yeah. in the vag. I <laughs> do not ever want to do something like that again. That was insane. I mean, obviously, we want to do the performance again. Just like the stress yeah, level yeah. of it was crazy. Yeah, and then you think about it two months later, and you're like. Pfft. Give it to me, baby. Yeah. What was that crazy experience? <laughs> that's cool. Can I ask what a clock and flap is? So that's the name of the is festival. Is that the name of the festival? Because yeah, I, 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 well. I, like, I, I have a little flap. I don't know what it means, but also we did a kids' show there, and at the end, I was like, thank you, cock and flap. <laughs> <laughs> uh, luckily, they were all babies, though. though, so that was okay. I know, but like. But when you it's called clock and flap, like, yeah, what I don't do know you what think it means. is going to happen? I love My it. My mum typed it into Google, <laughs> and she goes, oh. Are you sure this festival is um? <laughs> and I was like, it's got an L in it. She's like, oh, well, that's very different. It changes everything. It's very subtle typo that needs to be amended. I have no idea what she found. <laughs> yeah, we have that same sort of thing with deviant women. Yeah. That, as the title of the podcast, yeah, often you do. Yeah. If you Google image it, it's a fun time. Yeah. A lot of Google image thing. Anything. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it was an amazing festival. It's like on the harbour side and Hong Kong harbour is like just insane with all the lights and the buildings and yeah, it was cool. Mm. Yeah. How long was that for? It was just like a weekend festival. Oh, cool. So this was the star treatment. Mm -hmm. So have you received star treatment gear at the old Adelaide Fringe? Because we should sort of, um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess this is saying that contextually, um, it's Adelaide Fringe time here in old Adelaide town. And this is obviously why the Travelling Sisters are here with us at the moment. So how have you found your experience? Star treatment? Oh. <laughs> are, there still, are there still people saying, I don't find women funny in Adelaide? We haven't had that, but yeah. there also hasn't really been anyone around to fly us. So. <laughs> what? Really? Oh, when we... it was at 6 o'clock. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. It's been so hot, I think people yep. just hide away. But no, we haven't really had... No one's given me a robe yet, which I'm still <laughs> oh, waiting for. Oh, it's going to one, sorry. Oh, but then it was really hot. We True. Like, we don't want to carry these robes yes. on the bus. Yeah, it's fair enough. Sticky. But fair it's enough. been wonderful. Yeah, it's we, been amazing. We, the people are very warm and friendly. <laughs> they, are, they are genuinely very warm and friendly. And we came from Perth to here, and when we left Perth, we were rather low and uh, oh we won't go into that but when we arrived in Adelaide it was like arriving into a big bear hug yeah and everyone that we met was just edible they were beautiful and it it was just so yeah it's a great place yay thanks for that good yeah amazing now I'll slip you the $50 thank you very much do you find that Australian audiences respond to you differently to other audiences around the world? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is there we an Australian humour that's in there that might not necessarily translate elsewhere? I or? think actually, weirdly, there's an English humour in there now mm. that we maybe didn't have so much before, which is a bit more of an absurd. Yeah. Yes. Got an yep, absurd yep. kind of surreal <clears throat> yeah. thing going on, which. I'm sure we picked that up from living in the UK. And so influenced by all the incredible artists and shows that we saw in Edinburgh Festival, like especially the first year. Yeah. Like quickly going back to that who we're influenced by thing. We're influenced by so many of the artists that are around now but who are doing like the Fringe Circuit, like Spencer Jones and Tessa Waters and yeah. It totally cracked open our sphere of what was possible. 
Because it's kind of interesting because a couple of your sketches do have like quite Australian subject matter. Mm. What I actually really liked is that there's these recognisable Australian kind of stereotypes who aren't really presented in their stereotypical way like well there's a sketch about three blokes i guess that they're they're recounting their story at the pub when during the 1980 their attempt to get into the olympics right so they seem like australian stereotypical guys right let's not tell them about how i had this many drinks or whatever it is yeah Yeah. but they're so kind of lovable and it's also it is a little bit absurd and silly and so it's kind of like that cross between Mm. australian let's make fun of ourselves humor and an english kind of absurdist yeah Mm, totally Mm. i think they're really australian characters like those ones in particular generally not much but i reckon they were received a bit better in the uk because i think that people in the uk find australian accents and stereotypes quite funny like that's a real like generalization but i feel like those characters people were like really into them as a sort of general feeling that I have. Because even just when you're talking to people like on the street in London or whatever, they're like, oh, oh God, are you from Australia? I'm going to say something. Oh God. You know, like yeah, they're kind of already laughing before you've <laughs> yeah. done anything. Just so, say something. Yeah. It will be funny. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. Think, I think we kind of hope for that with our podcast, that we have a yeah. lot of international yes, exactly. who are solely listening just to listen to us say words in Australia. It right? is yeah. funny. When we got the flight from Hong Kong and it was Qantas, I was listening to the lady on the thing and I was like, <laughs> yeah, she putting this up. This is hilarious. Yeah, it felt like they're like, "Get I mate. Yeah. Check your seatbelt on and get ready for a bloody roar." <laughs> we were like, "Oh my god, this is crazy." I guess we're going home. <laughs> I actually do that when I travel though. Like, I think when I'm traveling and I meet people, I tend to be like, "Get a." Yes, like, yeah, I definitely yeah. do it. I definitely, yeah. Yeah. except not in the UK. In the UK, I found myself becoming more English sounding. So but right. in Europe, I had this suddenly, I sounded like I was from, I don't know, the middle of the outback. I was like, oh, how's it going? Oh, yeah, where are you from? Yeah. I think you do, better. Yeah. you do better in Europe if they think that you're Australian rather than British. Yeah. Yes. Especially in France. Yes, definitely. So I found myself putting on more of an Australian accent in France. It's like this constant identity crisis. But I think that, like, because we created a lot of our really Australian characters in England I think it was definitely like a thing I think our like homesickness and and people's reactions to our accents and our like Australian humor or whatever I think that definitely kind of unconsciously Mm -hmm. set us on this way of having a lot of fun to play with Australian stereotypes but then also breaking them Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah yeah And yeah, and we definitely wanted to break. We'd never want to do stereotypes. Yeah, no, mm. And to break those or to set them up like a stereotype and then crack them. Yeah, that's the subversion. Exactly. We love a good subversion. That's what we're all about. Going back to this sort of idea of absurdist comedy and UK absurdist comedy, um, you have been described as if the Mighty Boosh had triplets or... Yeah, triplet sisters. Triplet daughters. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you feel about that? Because, I mean, this comes back to this idea of female comedy right mm-hmm. because that's a really wonderful thing to say but it also is a fairly gendered thing to say as well yeah. isn't it and it comes back to that idea of being not just funny women but just funny human beings full stop yeah so i suppose how do you respond to that kind of feedback and i mean it's glowing feedback but i think with that like it comes back to 
our show is hard to describe mm. and I think when you're like writing a review and even us when we're like writing our press releases like it's really hard to describe our show like you can be like there's three dancing potatoes but that like no one's gonna be like ooh interesting <laughs> um, I don't know I don't know I think that even though that is gendered and like we even use it sometimes when trying to like describe ourselves to like publications mm-hmm. and stuff and we've we've had the conversation we're like oh it's so annoying like they're you know that you're like we're like this group yeah. of men but yeah, it kind of gives people something to hold on to yeah. yeah and for that purpose it's like okay that's fine elements of our show are like elements of their show in the style in Mm. the style in the absurd because like we were saying before like there aren't really many female troops around to be like like, absurdist kind of them do you think that that's also like if you just own that and be like yeah this is us we are like the the female mighty bruges say does that give you like and the fact that there's not that many female sketch absurdist troops around do you kind of think that that actually carves you a space to break new ground and to be like really special and be like oh no we're not just another bro comedian we are this thing which is new and exciting and innovative and you can use your gender in in your favor in a lot of ways as well and i think that you guys kind of do that with the way that you you know the way that your costume changes take place and things like that like do you think that there's any space for yeah, I mean, like, I hope it's that thing where you're like, God, I hope that this is something that's like interesting to people. I think for us, it's like we're still always trying to find the way of like explaining that and and presenting it in a way that will mm. make people be like, ooh, cool. But yeah, definitely, for sure. Like, it is our hope that we present ourselves as kind of a new flavor and mm. our own flavor of comedy that's influenced by this absurd thing and if we kind of make a little segue to like and sort of like the mighty boosh Mm. you know that it's like cool but who knows maybe in a couple of years time we won't be making that segue because we will be like defining our brand more solidly and other people will be segueing to you yes that would be amazing and we hope so because and hopefully in 10 or 20 years time there'll be a heap more female comedians and groups that you can say we are like such and such we are like yes and you know and and it even feels like that's where we are in history that's what we are carving yeah yeah it's It's an establishment kind of thing yeah and it definitely feels like i don't know just an observer i know it probably does have my own bias comes into here but i definitely feel like there's a lot more female comedians around at the festival absolutely doing different doing very different things yeah and doing really awesome amazing things all of my favorite acts this year have been female comedians yeah, like wicked and i don't know if that is just because like i do probably both consciously and unconsciously seek out female comedians because mm. i really like female comedians because yeah. they tell comedy had you fired us like, we would have been like fuck yeah i love female <laughs> I think definitely and in Edinburgh last year there were so many articles and like stories about the females are like taking the fringe like there were so many amazing female acts. We were really lucky um, living in London. There's a a thing called Funny Women so they do like reviews and stories and everything about like women in comedy and they're amazing and we like they've been going for years yeah they've been going for years and we kind of became a part of their community through entering like this competition and 
and like the community of women and this funny women like because we'd never done competitions before and we were like oh god <laughs> um but it was so much fun and it was like not competitive and everyone was just so like awesome and so funny and it was just this really beautiful like community and then they were in Edinburgh as well and it just felt like in Edinburgh last year and Adelaide this year there's like the Fringe Wives Club and there's it's just it's definitely becoming more visible mm-hmm. and I think that um, female comedians and women are, are like seeking out comedy female comedy more like it's it's a thing yeah. people mm-hmm. are like talking about it yeah. It's like a thing that people do. Like, I'm going to see female comedy. Yeah. And that's, that's awesome. That's really interesting because the question I was going to ask was about whether or not there is, a, like, a, a community, whether or not there is that sense of female oh, yeah. comedians. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. it's yeah. awesome I to know that there how is. new that is or how old that is because yeah, obviously no we haven't been on the scene mm-hmm. for very long. But it's something that's been uh, amazing to come across and we've – made the most wonderful female comedian friends and we are just as supportive of them as they are of us and it's this really like come on we've got to be bold together we've got to stand together you know like it's a movement it's an underground Mm. movement it really is and it has to be yeah because it has to change yeah Yeah. and obviously even though there's you know these formal competitions of who wins this who wins that as an actual community, there's less of that sense of competing against totally. each other as individual, oh, yeah. as groups. Totally. And we find that in the fringe circuit in general with all shows. Like, we we really never feel that we're, like, competing against yeah. other shows. It's more that everyone's trying to do their best, which I think especially, like, you know, in Adelaide, it's, it's so hard to get people to your show. Mm. There are just so many shows but there's definitely the artist support and the artist community is amazing and um on that as well something else that i noticed from the fringe is that the amount of artists who when they finish their show are like go and see such Mm. and such go to this show and that sort of constant um supporting of each other and advertising for each other and growing that community and i don't know what it's like with the edinburgh fringe because it's been 10 years since i went to an edinburgh fringe so i have no idea what it's like now but there is also kind of that sense of um, here with the Adelaide Fringe that much more sort of commercial comedians are involved these days, like the sort of comedians that you would see on Channel 10 or Channel 9, you know, any of the commercial stations in Australia who really aren't necessarily fringe anymore. Mm, yeah. And they're the kind of big names that get, you know, their tickets are expensive and it's not really fringe. It's not really what the fringe is about. Whereas there are these much smaller troops that are performing in the back rooms of pubs mm. that are you know have these small little venues and they're trying to build and grow their own sort of community in that way is the fringe festival similar to that or is the fringe festival still got that much more fringe kind of feel a Do you, bit of both you've yeah. touched on something very political uh, oh, happening well, at the <laughs> we're a political kind of it's, uh, yeah. There's a lot of stir about that amongst the artists at the moment, especially in Adelaide. I think it does happen in Edinburgh. But the thing about but Edinburgh is that it draws people from everywhere. Yeah, like definitely. the city is yeah, like, it's like, oh my God, I can't walk through the streets because it's so full of people. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of constant for like a month, you know. And I think something that we've kind of observed in actually in Perth and like a little bit in Adelaide was it just kind of felt like it didn't have that reverberating kind of like 
whoa, there's like so many people here. It kind of did for a mm. bit and then it would fade away yeah. and then yeah. come yeah. back. It's got um, peaks and troughs. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like there's an influx of artists, but there doesn't seem to be an influx of punters. The, yeah, from, yeah. Or, you know, you, see, you get a few people from maybe a little bit out of town or, oh, we come from New South Wales every single year and we stay for a week. But the majority of people that you meet or who you fly out or come to your show are from Adelaide or artists. Yeah, yeah. Artists. So you have to work hard to try and find the people who are looking for the fringe shows. Like your audience is specifically people who want to see independent fringe shows and in Adelaide and Perth. Wow. Yeah, it's hard. Whereas yeah, in Edinburgh, yeah. you know, most people are seeing more than one show a day. Mm. Um, like they're there for like the that's weekend, it, that's what they're doing. so they yeah. they'll probably go and see the big circus show, but they'll also probably go and take a chance on like a smaller show. Which is, I think, a, a thing with the local Adelaide audience is that it is a lot of people like a lot of it, like heaps and heaps of locals go out to the fringe, but they'll be like, oh, we're gonna see like one show a week because that's all we can afford because we haven't yeah. made it a Which special trip from interstate oh, or something. It's very but expensive. then they're like, oh, we're going to go and pay this much money and see this very famous comedian because yeah. they yeah. Rather than and you're gonna to go to the garden where yeah. it's beautiful yeah. and you can get dinner and like that's all great but it does make it yeah, hard as a friend spend thirty dollars on seeing one show instead of ten dollars and seeing three shows yeah and the same. reality yeah. is is that it's unsustainable you know and the and that the good quality fringe shows who are, you know are a fringe still fringe but like you know take their work seriously. They're not going to keep coming back, especially yeah. from the UK or from America or wherever, because it costs too much. Yeah. And if they value their product, they're not going to do it for the love of art. Yeah. You know, no yeah, one needs to right. come yep. for the love of art. They can do it wherever they like. So, you know, if they do want to keep these very good artists coming back from around the world, mm. it something does need to change. Yeah. And fostering yeah. that growth of new... Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the value of it. Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So, what's next for you guys? Then you're off to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Yeah, indeed we are. We yes. Are. And then we're going back to Brisbane to do Anywhere Theatre Festival, All which right. is an amazing festival. It's where we started. It's like the most empowering festival for independent artists. And then we're going to make a web series. Oh, oh yeah. Sorry about that. Awesome. That's yeah. Tell us more about that. So we have like this idea which is Lonely Hearts Club. We've got kind of like a pilot that we made like two years ago on YouTube, just a little five minute <laughs> video. And we want to develop it into like a, a web series that we're making with our friend and filmmaker Brody. Yeah, because making characters on film is so much fun. And we've awesome. got like, we want to develop more like story on film kind of stuff. And then we'll make a new show and then who knows? And and then world yeah. domination. Yeah. Yeah. World domination. Yes. Yeah. So tell us where can people who are in Melbourne, where can they check you out during the next few weeks? We the... will be at the Butterfly Club at 7 o'clock. From the 17th to the 23rd of April. April. Yeah. And then in Brisbane? In Brisbane will be at the Five Sisters Cafe and Bar and it's like different dates. It's between the 4th of May and the 21st of May. Alright, awesome. Ooh. And when do you think this web series is going to happen? <laughs> Ooh, we're going to film it in 
June. Maybe expect it by the end of the year. Right. Yeah. Should we say that? Should we say that? Yeah. You can yeah. say that if you like. Yeah. End of the year. We'll keep everyone we'll on the keep an eye on our website. We'll be checking on it. Yeah. Let us know and we'll, we'll let everybody look. Awesome. Oh, everybody else. Awesome. Cool. Cool. So thank you so much for thank being you. here. Thanks, Thanks for having us. us. And, and good luck in Melbourne and in Brisbane. And with the web series, yep. yeah, we're excited to see what you guys come up with. Yeah. Well, I, I, I definitely am. Like, I'm gonna probably be stalking you guys online for a while. And um, that brings us to the end. I actually don't know who we're gonna be talking about. <laughs> in the really far ahead. We haven't. No. We've just been too excited about talking to the yeah. traveling sisters. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's all right. Yeah. So the next episode fine. will be a complete surprise. To even us. Excellent. Thank you for joining us once again in podcast land. And this is us. And we'll just want to say a really quick thanks, as we always do, to India Hui for our composition and music and Brendan Davies for the sound. And we'll see you guys next time. Bye.